Hey, what's happening, everybody? I'm Larry Roberts, and this is another episode of the Readily Random Podcast. Hey, you could be larger than life, bigger than the world, living out the hopes and dreams of every boy and every girl. You know, I hate when I almost come in too soon. It's like I've never heard the song before. I've only heard it hundreds of times. You'd think I'd know where my cue was. But, you know, sometimes you just get so excited and you're so anxious to talk to the guests that you just get ahead of yourself, man. And I just had a great dinner. You know, don't be jelly. Or the wife made me some nice fajitas. And, oh, they were delicious. So uh, now my belly's full and my spirit's full and I'm ready to rock and roll. So I feel good about it. So tonight I'm joined by Nicole Dickman. And Nicole is the CEO of Envoy Managed Services. She's got a phenomenal story that she's going to share with us today that it's a demonstration in leadership that you don't see very often. You know, I was talking to uh, Mitzi Perdue last night. I was speaking with her last night about leadership. And, you know, her father started the Sheraton Inn hotel chain. Her husband started Purdue Farms. You know, all the chicken you've probably eaten some of her product before. And the story she told of those two gentlemen was all about leadership. And it's, again, it's just something that escapes us. But Nicole has gone out of her way to embrace leadership and lead by example, which I have the personal utmost respect for. So let's quit talking about her and introduce her. So Nicole Dickman, thank you so very much for joining me tonight. Welcome to the Readily Random Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited to be here. Awesome. So now it's all up to you to talk about yourself. Ooh, my least favorite topic. Uh, so I liked... <laughs> That's the only reason I did that. That's the only reason I did that. Awesome. Awesome. No, I like to counteract that by saying it's not really my story. It's actually the story of our team. And I think that's why it's a special story. And I don't mind coming on and talking about it because it's a journey we've been through for the past several years. So worked for a huge multinational company, did finance, nice and boring, and used the technology team all the time to implement all of our brilliant financial strategies. And the company we worked for for a decade said, hey, uh, we're going to need to relocate everyone to another state. And at the same time, we just did a huge acquisition. So we're going to need help getting that all implemented. And instead of sort of relocating, most people were going to go their separate ways. And what kind of started over a little conversation reminiscing about what might, what, be, what might be nice to happen we said, hey, we could start a company, we could keep the team together, and uh, 72 hours later, we had a business plan, and we started Envoy Managed Services, and we hired the team, and we sold our, our services back to our old employer in an outsourced model, and that was the start of a wild roller coaster ride that we have been on since. Sounds like kind of a, like a Jerry Maguire moment, but one that worked out instead of just taking the goldfish. <laughs> Yes, for sure. We, uh, it's been an adventure. See, and, and that, that story is really, really uncommon to, to find an entire team that works so cohesively that they're willing to go out of their way as a team to stay together. And to hear that all of you came together, formed a business plan in 72 hours. I couldn't write a business plan in 72 hours if I had just 72 hours. I mean, there's nothing <laughs> else going on. If it was just like, Larry, here is 72 hours write a business plan. And in 72 hours, I might have a paragraph or something. I don't know, but I can't imagine it. But how did y'all come together like that? 
Uh, well, so we'd worked together for a long time. And again, once one person kind of threw an idea in, we were used to, okay, the next person kind of added to that. And then the next person would add theirs. And we each had something sort of special that we brought to the table. And together we were able to accomplish what one person probably wouldn't have been able to, but we were able to feed off each other and use that energy. And that was a great starting point because we've had lots of ups and downs since then. And being able to sit in the room and be authentic and tell each other what we think might happen and our fears and how we're going to overcome them, that's what's really gotten us through all these different times. You know, it's, it's interesting you used a word that I love to emphasize all of the time, and that is that everyone was able to be authentic. And that is a critical component to any sort of communication. Now, was it just the time that you worked together that allowed everybody to be uh, their authentic selves or was it just, I mean, it, was it just, it just was, it was just something that came together just kind of like osmosis. It just kind of presented itself. Maybe it's kind of like a yawn or a smile, right? It starts with one and then it becomes contagious and everyone around you is either smiling or yawning. So if somebody takes the chance and throws themselves their idea out on the table, then somebody else is more willing to kind of pick up where they left off and share what they think. So I think it's being able, I used to call it being vulnerable, but somebody used that word authentic and I was like, yeah, that's a much better word because vulnerable maybe doesn't have the same idea as the authenticity does, which is right. laid out there and be honest. That's cool. So I, I, how, how did we go about making uh, you the CEO? Did we draw straws or were you just the most popular? I mean, how did this work out? Because I mean, there's some ramifications here that somebody might have missed out on. Right. So I think I kind of led the charge and I, you know, I have a finance background, but I didn't have a technology background. So it's sort of making the person the one that's going to lead the company and do the business practice, the accounting, the back office, the managerial stuff, which later led to leadership. Um, I was kind of the lucky person. I guess it was the short straw. But it's been an absolute privilege to be around the, the team that I work with and see them rise to the occasion and them excel and us still be here six years later. That's amazing. And you just answered my next question. How long have you guys been together as Envoy and six years? Six years. That, you know, it's interesting. Six years is a great number. You know why? Because that's how long I've been sober. So, so I dig six years. That's a great number. Awesome. So <laughs> We were going both going through some stuff that year. It was a rough one. Yes. What exactly do you guys do? You, you mentioned financial services. You've mentioned tech services. Do you combine the two to create Envoy managed services? What exactly do you provide as a company? So the managed services piece is basically take your internal IT department and put it in a separate company and it's anything that a, a large IT organization would do. So helping the users, computer issues, servers, programs and applications, making sure your building's all wired up and you have access to what you need. Everything that an IT company or an organization would do, we do from an, uh, an outsourced model. We also have a financial component, which kind of goes back to my roots of finance and IT working together. And that's sort of business process and systems and how do you really get the most out of whatever processes you have from the back office standpoint. So we kind of work together, but it's two different companies. Well, and that's very cool because, I mean, if you look at some of the larger, if you look at most corporations or larger companies, mid to large companies, Finance and IT are two of your biggest pivot points. Mm -hmm. And if you learn to, for those two to work cohesively, uh, you can make a lot more progress than you can with them always asking, I need a new server. No, not this budget season. I need this. I know. And, and going back and forth, and, and a lot of times they clash. But if you can get that, that synergy to work together, I, that, I can see a lot of benefit to that. 
I love that you said that because so many times both finance and IT are kind of looked at like a four-letter word. <laughs> no one wants to deal mm -hmm. with them. So it's fun that we get to work on both of those together and make them work together. So do you have on-site teams or is, is that something that do you bring people in? Like help me envision how, how you go about helping a client. Do you send people on site to do installations or is it all remote? Is it, do you do, you do help desk services? What exactly all is involved there? So we kind of do it all just again, like an internal department would. So we will help right. the users remotely and then we'll also go out into the plants or onto the sites and help different users on site if that's needed. We deploy big projects. Um, we really do whatever's best for the client because that's kind of how we're used to working and build that relationship and figure out how to make it work best for them. And that's the way we operate. We don't have a pre kind of a list of things that we do in advance. We work to develop that really for the client. Do you have any packages like software packages that you prefer over others? I mean, I know a lot of big companies, you know, some of them still use AS400s, but I think they're mm -hmm. P9s now is what they are now uh, from IBM or, you know, some are, are all SQL servers, some are all, you know, they have their preferences. Is there anything that you specialize in or that you recommend to a client? So I think everyone has their preferences, but we're agnostic as to the tools that people want to use. Our job is to go in and help them do what they want to do best and not just necessarily recommend what it is that we think is best. So we obviously have tool sets that we use and we love to give advice and consult when possible. But for the most part, we stay agnostic and just do the very best with the decision that the customer wants to make. And when we've worked with our large clients over time, they've gone through lots of changes. So being adaptable and being able to do whatever they choose next instead of being stuck in the old ways, that's all, all about the client relationship. And it's what keeps us in business is being adaptable. It, I think that keeps a lot of people in business, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at the way that you, you were created out of adaptability. You know, you, you maneuvered uh, based on the response of the company you worked for. And you had to adapt or go extinct, which is so often the case. And I think we see a, a lot of that right now, man, especially with the turmoil that we're all going through as a country right now and everything that we're seeing, we're seeing and the, the COVID and all that fun stuff. It's having an extremely negative impact on some of these companies that have failed to evolve at the rate required to meet current expectations and client demands. Are you seeing that more frequently on your front or, or is, is it really just kind of hitting the retail side of things? We see it everywhere in our clients and with us as well. You know, this is a um, difficult time for everyone, but we have been through challenges as a team. And to kind of answer your question, I'm going to go back a little bit in time. A couple of years ago, a client came in and said, you know, we think you guys are doing great work. We're going to pivot from our strategy perspective or we're going to insource instead of outsource. And so like a lot of small businesses right now, we looked around and we realized a huge amount of our revenue was going to be going out, out of the door and we had to decide what to do next. And I know this time that's going on around us right now is challenging and hard. But when I look back at the different moments in time where as a company we did something great, it was usually preceded by intensely uncomfortable situations like we have right now. So going back to that 2018, um, we leaned into the challenge. And instead of, I would say, doing what the status quo would be and letting those team members that we couldn't afford go, we said, well, we were started as a team. We're going to go through this as a team and we're going to come out the other side as a team. 
And so um, basically I took a financial model and we took our team again, sat down, what are our challenges? How can we overcome? And together we came up with an idea that was a little bananas at the time. And instead of letting people go, we took profits that we had previously made that year. We set them aside and we kept the team members on. And we decided that we're going to push through together. And we lovingly call it the growth task force. So um, their focus was on growth and on taking it to the next level. And so right now around us, again, everybody's suffering to the, in their own way. And I don't welcome the uncomfortable environment. But man, if you can see it as an opportunity to lean in, what am I going to do differently? What am I going to do next? How am I going to come out of this on the other side better than before? You can also use it as a jumping off point to whatever your next big adventure is. You know, and I, I love the fact that, and I'm going to go back to it because it just means so much to me that you guys stayed together and that you maintain the team by holding on to some of your profits from a, of the previous year. That tells me that Envoy is employee focused, team focused, group focused, and uh, above all else. And again, I, I want to revisit the conversation I had with Mitzi Perdue last night. When her dad bought the first Sheraton Hotel, it wasn't Sheraton back then, but it needed to be revamped. He bought it in 1933, the height of the Depression. The thing that he did first and foremost was he redid anything where the employees were. He rebuilt the kitchen. He rebuilt the lounges. He rebuilt the laundry room. He rebuilt everything that had to do with his employees first. And that showed them that he's not just in it for himself. He's in it for them as well. And that is such an amazing testimony. And it sounds like you guys are taking it from a very similar perspective. You take care of your people. You guys have worked together for 16 years now. And you guys are focused on each other. And I love that. How does that happen? How, it was, it, did you have just everybody step up and lead? Or did you have one person? That I know you're the CEO of the company. So obviously you stepped up and led. And you definitely seem to have that employee mindset. But I, I have to imagine that it permeated through the group, didn't it? It does. And, you know, I think you spend a lot of time working. Some people spend more hours working than, than they do at home or with their family. Sure. Boy, you better like who you work with. <laughs> and so if you're going to spend that much time together, <laughs> you better like who you work with and who you collaborate with and who you rely on to have your back day in and day out. And I think there's a lot of that. If you invest in me, I invest in you. And we all have each other's best interests at heart. And we're going to succeed together or we're not. And so I look back to that moment in 2018 with the growth task force. And I think what message would it have sent to the people remaining if we just let someone go because it was the most convenient financially sound decision in the moment? There's bigger impacts than that. And so when you take a risk and you invest in your people, and I think then it really starts that whole investing back. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say this, a lot of businesses out there, what we provide and what we do isn't necessarily that special. There's other people who do it well too. So how you deliver it and the people that you have working on your team is going to be what sets you apart. So the team is everything. R right, exactly. And you know, it's funny because, uh, golly, I'll say 15, maybe 17 years ago, I'm dating myself a little bit. But uh, me and a buddy of mine, we were going to step out and do the exact same thing because I have an IT background and we both worked in IT. We both had that entrepreneurial spirit that was still rocking, you know. And it's funny because we had, we had owned swimming pool companies and we both sold them. Uh, he built them, I cleaned them and, and repaired them. So we had our own individual companies, but we helped each other out. We sold them for you know, a little profit, nothing too crazy. 
But then we were sitting there going, man, what are we going to do next? I know we got rid of the pools because that kind of stuff. And we came up with, let's do consulting. The problem was, is that we really weren't diverse enough as individuals to truly offer consulting. Now, you know, it's, it's funny. I hired a coach to write a book and she said, I said, I don't know what I'm going to write this on. I'm not an expert on anything. She said, you're, you're, you're an expert in whatever you know just enough than the person that doesn't know below you knows. So if, if you have just that hint of knowledge, you are an expert to somebody. The problem was we probably weren't. And, and, and we put a website together and everything and we choked badly. So <laughs> that was one of those that you, you know, you, not all of them work, man. They just don't all work. And we threw that one out there and it didn't work for us. But I say that to say that I know how difficult it is to get out and meet customers face to face and try to sell them on your services, especially when they've already got services in-house. Now, something that's happening with the COVID is obviously everything is getting remote. You've got curbside this. You know, I get my groceries delivered to the Casa. I'm not getting out and roaming around with people, but I did that before the COVID <laughs> still. But, uh, you know, I'm spoiled. So, hey, are you seeing more and more companies go remote with their services, with their IT departments and their, their financial departments? So I think everyone is adapting to what I think Accenture called the new never normal. So if this can happen once, it can happen again, right? Sure. So this hybrid working environment is very, very important for people to be ready to make those changes on the fly and adapt and be flexible with what's going on around them. And so seeing it everywhere and making sure that even when the people around you forget and think, they think that things are going to go back to normal, gently reminding them, hope for the best, plan for the worst. <laughs> gently remind right, them right. to be prepared that there could be another change at any time. I just want to say, I do love what you said a moment ago about starting your business. One of the biggest challenges I personally face is the fear of failure. So what's the worst case scenario if you try something and it fails? try something different. You learn from it and adapt. And so what you said just a minute ago is so for me profound because people are afraid to fail, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. Yeah. You know, and that's something else that I talk about quite a bit is fear of failure or what I call comparanoia. And it's, it's when we're looking at others and going, oh my gosh, we're comparing ourselves, you know, and it goes both ways. You can compare yourself to someone and want to be like them, or you can compare yourself and not want to be like them, even though you're very, very similar, you know, but you're still going through that comparanoia. And one of the things that's always eaten me up throughout my entire life, and I've even sandbagged in certain scenarios so I didn't have to have that potential to fail, is what is everybody going to think of me when I fail or if I fail? You know, one of the biggest things that I can remember, and I'm going to share this story with you, is, is way back in the day, I, uh, I did some, some kickboxing. You know, I got in the ring and squared off with a couple dudes. Uh, here and there. It was along the same time that MMA or UFC came along. And so I was going to be a UFC fighter, you know, I was going to do it all. And I did a little bit here in Texas, you know, we had our own rules back then. It wasn't legal in the state of Texas, but we did what we could do. And uh, I went down to an event and one of the best coaches in the world was there. And I was rolling with some of the best fighters in the world. They were UFC fighters, but I was just wrestling with them. And the coach walks by and he goes, cardio's a little suspect there, bro. And that's all I needed to go into pure panic mode because I was wrestling with one of the best fighters in, at the time in the lightweight division. No, I'm not lightweight now. You can tell. But back then I was. And he questioned my cardio. 
So I instantly went, oh my God, am I going to get tired? Am I going to do this? Then we go to the event, okay? And it's in a bar, which is eh, not that big a deal. Been in bars before. It, it, but the cage is sitting in the middle of the bar and we do a walkout as, a, as a, like a pre-run for the, night, the next night's event. My guy comes out wearing the scream mask. So I'm like, shit, this guy's got to be bad to the bone. He's wearing a scream mask and my cardio sucks. And, and <laughs> I'm starting to feel a little sick, mm -hmm. starting to feel a little sick. And it wasn't so much that I was feeling sick because I didn't want to get my ass whipped. That's happened before. And at that time, I knew it would happen again. So the punches and the kicks and the submissions or whatever was going to take place was fine. But it was all the people that were there were people that I just worshipped. I mean, some of my idols were there. What are they going to say about that crappy skinny dude that's over there? He probably got choked out or knocked out or whatever. What are they going to say about me when I lose? Are they going to support me or am I just going to be that loser that came out and, and, you know, threw down and lost? And I could not go through with it because of that reason. Now, I don't share that with everybody, but it's applicable to this story. You know, it's not exactly a story that I'm proud of because I backed down from a scrap. And honestly, it was the last time that I ever even attempted to compete. So, but I was getting kind of there anyhow. But it was really this what I needed as the straw that broke the camel's back. So, do you see those types of scenarios in, in your day-to-day -day business of people just holding themselves back because they're afraid to fail? I think it's everywhere. I think I have those moments every day myself where I have to get out of my own head and say, what's the worst thing that could happen? So what if you fail, you pick up and you do something different. And just before like getting on this, this discussion with you, I am not a very in front of a camera and have a conversation person. I'm way outside of my comfort zone and I get a little freaked out and I don't even necessarily think that I can have this conversation. It's like, you just got to tell yourself to just quiet that. I love it. Comparanoia. Is that what you said? Oh, that is a brilliant term. I mean, you have to use that again because yeah, it's this fear of what are people going to think? Like, why is she up there talking or who cares what that person has to say? And I just have to let it go and think to myself, man, if just one person out there can maybe learn to be a little bit braver and go out there and do something a little outside their comfort zone because I was able to do it, then man, that's one little tiny thing and you can have a domino effect with other people. So that's what I have to, have to quiet the voice <laughs> constantly that, yeah. You're, you're doing fine though. You're here. Like you, you would think you're a pro. You're sitting here having this conversation with me and we're just rocking and rolling. You know, I'm stumbling more than you are. You're doing great. No, 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 you don't understand. I think I have the air on like 68 degrees. <laughs> it's like, I need a fan going. It's overheating. <laughs> Seriously, the adrenaline's going. Oh. <laughs> you have to remember, go back. I'm a finance person, right? So my place was right. behind a spreadsheet. So fish out of water here for sure. You could go either direction, either finance or IT, and most of them don't carry on very normalized conversations. They're very analytical and very precise. Right. And very, this is the answer. There is no variation. This is what <laughs> we're going to do. Well, what do you see for the future of Envoy? What's going on today, and, and where is that going to take you? Yeah, so we're very busy continuing the growth task force. Like a lot of other businesses, we've seen the impact of the pandemic and things around us. And so continuing to diversify and What's super important right now is making sure the team stays inspired. And I know that may sound like I'm being touchy-feely, whatever, but them being inspired and continuing to feel really motivated to impact the clients they're helping is, again, like the reason why I think that we are so special. 
So for example, we've got a gentleman who is super excited about a certain software. Again, we're agnostic, but he's very excited and he spent some of his time getting all kinds of certifications. So what's next for Envoy is if there are people on the team that are passionate about something and they want to try to find a way to service our clients with that product or that service, then I want to inspire them to make that a part of our business and not be limited by what we're doing now, but instead take every opportunity to try new things and to branch out. Again, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We'll try something else, um, but continue to grow and inspire the rest of the team to stay motivated. And that's in and of itself a big topic for 2020 is just staying positive and staying motivated. So uh, do you have like regular meetings where you pump the team up, you come in and everybody puts their hands in and goes, one, two, three team and, and, and rock and roll. Do you do how do you keep your team motivated right now? What's some tips and tricks you could leave us with? So much to their dismay, because we all have been working remote for a lot of this past few months, and we work remote to some degree anyway, we do your typical Zoom meetings, we do the team meetings, and everyone has to participate. And we use a kind of a scrum that what's the best thing that's happened since the last time? What are you doing next? And what do you need help with? And you know, I know there's a lot of eye rolls and that I can't necessarily see. And I'm sure that people are like, oh, meetings are a waste of time. But no one leaves an interaction like a team meeting or any other Zoom call or whatever your collaboration tool is feeling worse off than they did when they entered the meeting. So again, it goes back to that, making sure that you stay connected. And, you, and I try to reach out and stay connected and interact with people often to keep everyone full of energy and bustling, even when they say they don't want it. People need connection right now. And I don't even, did I answer your question? <laughs> I went off on a tangent. Did I even answer your question? I go off on them too. I've talked about fighting. <laughs> I've talked about chicken. I've talked about all kinds of stuff. So don't even worry about it. As long as you're getting your message across, that's what's key here on the Readily Random Podcast. So don't, don't sweat it. Yes, you did. You know, you, you brought everybody together and you're using uh, the, the, the tools of the trade that are available at the time to fulfill your needs. And again, bringing everybody together, making sure everyone's on the same page, keeping everyone connected. Uh, you know, I think a lot of companies are, are experiencing remote work uh, in a way like they've never experienced it before. And I think too, that it's, I've heard multiple times that a lot of companies are having a hard time letting go of the traditional, no, you've got to be in the office to work to, well, maybe, Maybe this, maybe we could rotate people. Maybe we could do some remote work. Maybe, you know, and they're, 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 they're trying it out, but they don't really have a choice. You know, you guys, especially in the industry that you're in, at least your people are, are somewhat conditioned to meeting on Zoom and, or, or on whatever go-to meeting or whatever it is, that, again, that you use. They're, they're used to, to connecting remotely. And that, that's something that goes a long ways, even in instances like we're in today. But do you see that emotions are higher now for your folks than, than typically? Ooh. So again, we're talking about technologists and... Well, yes. What, no, and I think part of what makes a great person in technology in so many different roles is that you're super awesome and you have your skill set, but that you remain unflappable. So like I'm the absolute worst example of a terrible user ever. And they'll laugh for 10 years they literally programmed into my phone, Miss Low Maintenance iPhone. And I've kept it on there through any upgrade because I just drove them nuts, very high demanding. And so their job is to do really, really well at whatever technology it is that they're solving, but basically be unflappable. 
So having that balance of no matter what the user is saying and no matter how upset they are, being super, super level is a, an enormous skill set for our industry. So to answer your question, sometimes it's hard to tell. And I think that's for everyone. People can put on a brave face and act like everything's okay, but that doesn't necessarily mean the beneath the surface, the beneath the surface that everything is. So that extra added energy and attention to connecting with whoever it is that you're interacting with, whether you work with them or it's just your neighbor, coworker, friend, whatever. A lot of people beneath the surface still really need that interaction, even if it seems like things are great on this on the top. <laughs> that must be nice to be that way because I, I know my bosses, they always knew because and the waterworks, they just come on. I don't really like what's going on, man. And he said this, and I'm trying my best. Oh, dude, I'm, I don't know why, but the tears, even when I'm angry, ooh, when I get mad, I'll cry, I cry a lot. I am like the biggest crier. And it's just something I have to deal with. Okay, so we got to take this conversation carefully. We're treading yes. thin here. I might break down. I might. No, I'm probably not going to break down, but that's okay. So, Nicole, if there's one thing you could leave us with that may even be actionable, for the listeners, what would that be? So I have two things, and I think uh, I will say them to anybody else because, again, I say them to myself. Number one is get out of your own head. People don't think about you as much as you think they do. They're not there judging nearly to the degree we all think they are. So get out of your head and don't let fear keep you from doing whatever it is that you want to do next. If you've got that inkling of an idea, Go ahead and sit with it and figure out if it's something that's going to work for you. But don't let fear and the negative voice in your head keep you from trying something great. I think that's number one. That's awesome. And then sort of adding to that a little, and it goes back to starting Envoy. It goes back to the Growth Task Force. It goes back to coming on this podcast. Um, you know, have a plan and go ahead and be sound in your decisions. But if your gut and your instincts tell you that you need to go for something, then listen to that and do it smart and do it wise and make sure, again, you have a plan. But man, when that gut instinct says something, then you need to listen to it and really figure out if that's a path you're supposed to take. Awesome. Those are the two. I don't know if those are actionable, but it's like a daily thing for me. It's like a meditation. No, that's great. You know, and you, you got to have those things, you know, especially in the times of discomfort, you have to have those things that, that keep you going, that keep you growing. And keep you, you know, focused on the task at hand. So I appreciate you sharing those two things with us there. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you, what would be the best way to do that? Okay, so I put a little teamwork flyer together that's got little tips and tricks and things that we've learned over time having this amazing team environment. So that and all my contact information is on a little download. So you just text Nicole, and that's N I K O L E, not spelled normal, Nicole. N I K O L E to 817-458-0202. You can connect with me. I'd love to talk to anyone who wants to talk to me, LinkedIn, and some little team, teamwork tidbits. Teamwork tidbits. Say that five times fast. That's a tough one. Teamwork tidbits. Do it. It's hard. <laughs> it's very hard. It's very hard. You got to be careful with that one. <laughs> so on that, on that one. Woo! I just want to say thank you so very, very much. It's been a pleasure having you here. Honestly, you did phenomenal. And I can't thank Donnie enough for connecting us. Donnie Boyvin, he hooked us up. And uh, man, I'm so thankful that he did. It was, a, it was great. You gave us some great information. And, and really, you just kind of connected with us on, in a way that we need to be able to connect now. I appreciate you sharing. So Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. I am so appreciative that you let me come on and chat with you. And again, thank you to Donnie also. I love that y'all are out there 
connecting people, sharing people's stories, and doing exactly what we talked about, which is making sure that people feel like they're a part of something, especially during these challenging times. So kudos to you, and I love your podcast. Yay! Hey, everybody. It's been another awesome episode of the Readily Random Podcast. Be sure you tune in next week for another awesome episode. So until then, take care of yourself. Bye-bye. You could be larger than larger.